Hello, welcome to Bible Read Me. I'm Charles Vanderson. Today I will begin summarizing the daily chronological Bible reading beginning on September the 17th, day 260. We read the account of Ezra's priestly prayer of confession and grief over the marital apostasy of Israel's leaders in particular and common people in general. Although he was righteous, he identified himself with the sins of the nation. The purging of pagan wives took three or four months to investigate each Israelite husband. Each man had to choose either to divorce his pagan wife and send her away with her children or be ostracized from the blessings of Israel's membership. The problem with interracial relationships was about religion, not race. Ezra's condemnation was on the detestable practices of the pagan wives. Judaism has always included a provision for foreign nationals to convert and join the Israelites. The separation was based on how those who practiced all other religions are an offense to God. Even in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote that believers should not marry non-believers. These verses do not reinforce the contemporary condemnation of interracial marriages. The presence of children in some families made the separations more complicated to be sure. For the moment, the nation was purified, though the sin returned 12 years later, reference Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 30, and again 30 years later, reference Nehemiah chapter 13 verse 23. Dr. John MacArthur, in his Bible commentary, page 532, referencing Ezra chapter 10 verse 44, said, quote, an appropriate provision was doubtless made for the divorced wives and the children, end quote. Provisions had long been in the law for the Gentiles to convert to Judaism. However, there was always a stricter code of ethics imposed on the priests and Levites who served in the Lord's temple. Nehemiah then petitioned the Babylonian king for permission to travel to Jerusalem to supervise the rebuilding of the wall. His wish was granted along with a generous support of resources from the king. Upon arrival, Nehemiah secretly inspected the wall. The next day, when he revealed his intention to rebuild the wall, Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab opposed him. Nehemiah retorted in condemnation that they had no share, legal right, or historic claim to Jerusalem. There is no record of a successful rebuttal to Nehemiah's claim, and that occurred back in 445 BC. September the 18th, day 261. We read about Nehemiah's leadership in the rebuilding of the walls in the face of the surrounding non-Israelite enemies, Noadiah, a Jewish false prophetess, and the rich traders of Israel's nobility from within the city that swore an allegiance to these antagonists and who also oppressed their own people with high interest loans and slavery. Nehemiah stationed soldiers around the construction site, but this slowed their progress because in addition to carrying the wall building tools and doing the work, the men and the women also had to carry around a weapon. Yes, ladies built too. Reference Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 12. However, the resistance, threats, gossip, and mocking quickly fostered a united enthusiasm among the builders for completing the work. Despite all the antagonism, they finished the wall in a record 52 days, which attests to the blessing of God's provision. Finally, there is a translation mistake in the 2004 New Living Translation version. Verse 3 should read, quote, Only have the gates open during the heat of the day, end quote. The reasoning for closing the gates from dusk to dawn was to keep the enemies from coming in at a time when the people were not in the best position to defend the city. 
Nehemiah also had to correct the oppression of the poor by the rich. He shook his robe as an example of how God was going to shake them from their homes and land if they did not comply with God's law concerning the treatment of fellow Israelites. September the 19th, day 262. We read how Nehemiah registered the people that returned from Babylon and found that there were some that had lost their genealogical records and so were forbidden from serving in the temple. He recorded that a total of 42,360 exiles from Babylon had returned to Jerusalem. This number did not include their servants and singers or animals. A collection was also taken for the construction projects. After the people had settled down in their respective towns, they asked Ezra to read the book of the law. He willingly complied and added explanations and interpretations. The people stood in respect when Ezra opened the book of the law. He read it for the entire morning. The people responded with repentant weeping. Nehemiah reminded them that, yes, they should be mournful for their sins, but that now they should also celebrate because they had been forgiven and blessed by God. A popularly quoted verse is found in today's reading, quote, For the joy of the Lord is your strength, end quote. Reference Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. September the 20th, day 263. We learn about the correction of the people's ignorance of the law that they were supposed to be teaching to the rest of the people in the world. They read it closely and learned that they were supposed to be celebrating the Feast of Shelters annually. Nehemiah stated that the Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua. I don't doubt that, but I wonder how he knew it. The people stood for three hours while Ezra read the law aloud. Then they confessed their sins and worshipped the Lord for another three hours. Then a prayer was recorded that surveyed the historical evidence of the goodness of God to the Israelites. There was another purging of those who married pagan wives. The people swore a curse on themselves if they disobeyed the law and promised to maintain the temple. Dr. John MacArthur pointed out the interesting fact that Ezra's name was missing on the ramification of the promise. I do not know, but maybe he figured, why should I sign it? I'm still being faithful to the first one. It's probably not significant, but I find it interesting. September 21, day 264. We read a list of the people who were chosen or volunteered to relocate to occupy Jerusalem from the surrounding areas. The priests, Levites, gatekeepers, and temple guards were assigned their duties. According to God's plan, there was to be 24 sets of priests and Levites that were to rotate in their duties every two weeks for a month biannually. But now the numbers were too low, and two family sets appear to have been lost. An interesting note, the musicians, all prominent Levites, lived at the temple. They were exempt from other responsibilities since they were on duty at all hours. Reference 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 33. There is a description of antiphonal singing, that is where the choir is divided and placed on opposite sides of any given room where they sing in a call and response manner. Phineas, who had become famous back in March the 7th reading, when he stopped the plague by executing two rebels that shamelessly sinned right in front of Moses, was mentioned again today because God had promised his descendants would have a permanent right to serve him forever. September the 22nd, day 265. 
We read how Nehemiah and Ezra led the people to celebrate over the completion of the Jerusalem wall. They invited choirs of Levites from all across the land to bring their cymbals, harps, and lyres to play and sing loudly. A priest also played a trumpet. Most likely the sound would not be one which contemporary Westerners would enjoy. The indigenous music of every culture is derived from the sound of their spoken language. The Hebrew language is not one of the Romance languages for good reason. Neither is English, by the way. And the instrumentation is not one that composers in the Western culture would typically find attractive. However, in scripture, only the lyrics and occasionally the instrumentation was recorded. It is my opinion that the reason is that God is not particularly interested in the sound. Rather, his desire is that the lyrical content reflects the heart of authentic worship. Nehemiah then went back to Babylon to serve the king for many years. When he returned to Jerusalem, he was disappointed to find that the temple had again been neglected. And again, the people had returned to the practice of marrying pagan wives. Nehemiah worked hard again to purge the culture. Malachi's prophecies work in tandem with Nehemiah's confrontation with the corrupt worship that had been allowed to return to the temple. Dr. John MacArthur says that Nehemiah chapter 13 was the last of the Old Testament scriptures to be written. Reference, Dr. John MacArthur's Bible Commentary, page 551. September the 23rd, day 266. We continue reading Malachi's charge against the Jewish worshipers that only offered God what was left over or what was useless. God's intention was to bless his people, but they dishonored him by their lack of reverence for his law. He emphatically stated that he hates divorce. He loves families that rear up godly children. God said, quote, I am the Lord, and I do not change, end quote. God charged them with lies, greed, oppression, misrepresenting his character, and cheating him out of his tithes and offerings. The people called for, quote, the God of justice, end quote, but they did not know for what or whom they were asking. God replied that a messenger is coming, whom Christians recognize as being Jesus, who will purge hearts and his worship like a refiner of precious metals. God has written down the names of those who spoke reverently of him in every conversation and will reward each accordingly. Next, we read the prophecy of Joel, who declared that the day of the Lord is coming and that it will be a dreadful event for all but the most obedient of his followers. He called for all to return with broken hearts because God is eager to forgive. This is from where the phrase about God, quote, restoring what the locusts have eaten, end quote, came, Joel chapter 2, verse 25. And the phrase, quote, everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved, end quote, Joel chapter 2, verse 32. This ends this week's episode of Daily Chronological Bible Reading Summaries. My next episode will pick up on a summary of the Bible reading of September 24th, day 267. I look forward to your visit then. May the Lord bless you.